Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Prep Life Podcast. This is your founder and CEO of Glam Girl Bikini, Amy Inger, today with my fabulous co-host. Hey, guys. This is Chris Nicole, Glam Girl Bikini Coach and IFBB Bikini Pro. So today we're going to be talking about perimenopause and menopause. And I know that we have a lot of masters competitors that listen to this podcast. And so I think that they might uh, find this relevant. And even if you mm-hmm. are one of those open classers that is in your early 20s, it's good to have this information as a woman because truthfully, there is not a lot of info out about just how this applies to the prep life and how mm-hmm. it affects our bodies and our physiques and as coaches, how we can help support our athletes that are uh, in this phase of life. But perimenopause can basically happen as early as your 30s and 40s. And mm-hmm. um, some people, you know, they think like, oh, that's not going to happen until I'm 50. And I'm not going to have to worry about that. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's a reality that it can last, perimenopause can last up to about 10 years. So it's your body's first signs, like showing that you your ovaries are aging. So, mm-hmm. for example, you know, if you're in your 40s and you maybe are having a period every other month, maybe like one month it's very light, uh, one month it's super heavy. It's a really tough time to deal with because it's a huge roller coaster of estrogen. So you're either one month you're estrogen dominant and you Mm. have like crazy bleeding and cramps and really harsh period. And then another month you have like zero on the estrogen meter. Um, And so it can cause a lot of problems if you have a premature perimenopause uh, because the estrogen is not the enemy. Um, It is the ebbs and flows of our body are so important and estrogen is so important for protecting our heart and our Mm -hmm. bone health. So um, not only that, it really helps keep our skin very vibrant and full and, you know, wrinkles come in when we stop having that estrogen. So as females, um, specialized in females, we found that it was really important that we try to talk about this because if you're experiencing this estrogen roller coaster, then you are not alone, first of all. And you, um, however, even though you're feeling maybe hot flashes for, you could feel hot flashes for up to 10 years, you might not be in menopause. So you still have to also right. worry about the conventional items like, you know, you do still ovulate. It's just maybe not as frequently. So you still have to worry about all that other stuff that goes along with that. So um, the average, so the actual definition, and this comes from Laura Bryden's period repair manual, manual um, is that perimenopause is technically, it can last two to 12 years before menopause. Uh, before you feel those symptoms. And then the definition of menopause is the life phase that begins one year after your last period. So you have to go a full calendar year. And that's exactly when, um, you know, those symptoms will actually settle down. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, you can be symptom free in menopause, which is good because you do spend a third of your life there. Um, but you may yeah. encounter some issues. So we're going to we're going to kind of address all of those things and um, 
if you wanted to start with the perimenopause symptoms, I think that would be a good spot to maybe great. Kick yeah, off. of course. Yeah. So here are some things to look out for if you do suspect that you're in the cycle of life. So like Amy mentioned, you could experience hot flashes and also infrequent or absent periods or more frequent periods. So again, you're just not very consistent with your menstrual cycle. Um, you could experience some weight gain, hair loss, mood swings, insomnia, depression, and anxiety. You can also notice changes in your skin and hair texture, like she was talking about with the adjustment of your estrogen levels. Your libido can suffer, and you can also experience some headaches. Yeah, so so much fun, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, Sign me up. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Because you can still get pregnant when you're perimenopause. You are still ovulating. It's just less often because they are aged. So if you're in that zone of life, you know, sometimes it can happen. Like I said, you, it can happen in your 30s if you have premature. Um, and then mm -hmm. it usually happens around in the 40s. And you're just basically on an emotional roller coaster of not only emotions, but just mm -hmm. feeling discomfort and like Chris mentioned, weight gain and things like that. But also your moods are highly affected because if you think about progesterone and it's like your happy hormone, right? It helps mm -hmm. your GABA receptors. It helps you with sleep. So along with just estrogen not getting produced um, as you know frequently or um, our follicle stimulating hormone from our pituitary gland gives it communicates with our ovaries, so it talks to it, right? So that's one yeah. of our gametotropin um, hormones, along with um, the so the follicle stimulating hormone, and then you have the luteinizing hormone. So the follicle stimulating hormone, it when the ovaries aren't producing estrogen and progesterone in their normal ebbs and flows, it it starts talking to it. So there's actually a blood test that can be done to determine whether or not you're in perimenopause or you're in menopause, but the tricky part about this test is that follicle stimulating hormone, so FSH, will rise when estrogen is low. Um, so it it kind of like goes in overtime. So you'll have a higher follicle stimulating hormone uh, lab and like a zero estrogen because it's working mm. extra hard. The brain is trying to send that signal to your ovaries like, come on. Let's produce some estrogen, you know? Um, yeah. And so the technical test, and I think this kind of varies depending, but the FSH, if it's elevated 30 or higher, um, that's technically either perimenopause or you're closer to menopause. But the higher that FSH is, kind of the more uh, aged your ovaries are. Um, do you have anything to add on the FSH test that can be done oh, there to kind okay. of find out if you have perimenopause yeah is in a dutch test can you utilize that as well for testing like where you're at what stage you are uh with perimenopause and menopause yes absolutely that's another good okay. one um and so the way that so with if you have like a hysterectomy or an ablation or something of that nature um, and so you don't know whether or not like you're having irregular periods and um, or you have an IUD and you can't really tell like when your period's coming and things like that. 
uh, it's usually the easiest and the most affordable, very cost effective to take the blood test with the FSH yes. um, yeah. versus a Dutch test, which is pretty expensive, but yes. it can kind of yeah. evaluate all of your hormones in general. Um, That's a really good point, though, about like the IUDs and women who have ablation, because, you know, I've worked with some clients where I've asked them, like, based off of your, you know, age, do you know if you are in perimenopause or menopause? And they're not sure how to answer that question because they're not getting they don't have regular menstrual cycles to be the meter for where they're at. So I like that you mentioned that. That's a really good tip for people. Thanks. Yeah. And everything, obviously, as we always mention, we are not doctors. So you definitely want yeah. this to be, you know, like a conversation with like your OBGYN um, so that they're monitoring these levels because especially in perimenopause, there may be one month where, um, for example, like your estrogen is like in the 100s um, and then you you could have another month where it's like below zero or less than 15. So it's kind of one of those things too you have to keep an eye on when you're not like fully in the menopause um things can go up and down very very quickly so um as far as getting back to progesterone because i kind of got a little bit off track so yes progesterone is affected and a lot of times women have to take uh, hormone replacement therapy so they take you know some sort of either synthetic or bioidentical um, hormone replacement with progesterone. And so when your moods are going crazy, you're not getting much sleep, things like that, those are all progesterone-related. Um, disrupted sleep especially um, can be a sign of that decrease. And then your decrease in estrogen, so when it's super low, that's when you get the hot flashes and things, um, the night sweats. That's a really good sign that your estrogen has tanked. Um, anything to add on that? Uh, no, I can definitely say that those things are true. <laughs> okay. So along with like the stressors, the insomnia that and the poor sweet sleep quality, it really increases your ghrelin. So that's your hunger hormone and your appetite increases significantly and you're likely to consume more calories. So it's there was a study that they followed 485 women ages 42 through 50 and they found out that the women gained about five to ten pounds over the course of three years and the weight gain was associated with the increases in blood pressures triglycerides and fasting insulin levels and poor sleep further contributes to those high fasting blood glucose levels creating further risk um, and difficulty in, you know, blood sugar management and weight control and, and all of that. And so that weight gain is kind of one of the effects of the estrogen levels when they soar and also when they fade out. So we can just create a lot of insulin resistance and cause weight gain there. And then also those changes in the ghrelin contribute so so much to look forward to when you I know I feel my so age. bad <laughs> my empathetic side is like I need to like we need to fix this <laughs> okay so let's talk about some of the the common things that can that we can kind of supplement to help with perimenopause um I know for sure that uh, I, my number one is black cohosh 
and I can tell you mm -hmm. from my own personal experience, it definitely does help with reducing hot flashes, um, especially at night. And that can be really disruptive to the sleep cycle. So black cohosh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. It's C-O-H-O-S-H, cohosh. Yeah, that's, um, that's a really good one for, for the hot flashes. Do you want to take um, yes. some of the other ones? Sure. So also a high quality probiotic can support your healthy microbiome in your gut. Um, and this can also aid with supporting healthy estrogen levels, uh, especially if you're struggling with estrogen dominance in this phase. Yep. And then vitamin B complex can help with energy and really help support the adrenals. If you can all remember back when, I think I've mentioned this several times before, but the places where your female hormones are created is primarily in the ovaries, but uh, the secondary, once the ovaries age and they shut down, the adrenals become the primary um, producer, and then you can also create some in your fat cells. So mm. as competitors, we probably don't have as many fat cells as the average person, so um, we're also fatiguing our adrenals intensely yeah. um, with dieting and exercise. So something to think about is, you know, we want to support good production of those adrenal glands and we want to support them so that B vitamin, like B6, will be a precursor to serotonin production and that is a neurotransmitter that helps combat anxiety and depression. And they can also combat some of the things like Chris was mentioning that you feel like a lot of nausea when you're in perimenopause so that it can help with that as well. Yeah. And I think like speaking on the adrenals, it's so good to make sure that you have good sleep hygiene, um, especially when you're in this phase. Uh, and I think a lot of women experience that too. They feel more like lethargic. They're having a harder time maybe uh, feeling energized throughout the day. So I know a lot of women, especially in this uh, phase of life they're still working full-time jobs they're you know still taking care of family members whether it's kids or older adults so making sure you're taking care of yourself to protect the one gland that's left that's trying to help with your hormone production uh, I think it's just another key point Absolutely. Um, and then also vitamin C uh, vitamin C with adaptogens specifically can help support uh, healthy adrenal function just like we were talking about Yep. And then we uh, always talk about DIM and how that supports normal estrogen metabolism in the liver. So that's another one that can be helpful, especially, you know, if you're experiencing those high, um, higher than normal uh, estrogen times where you're getting like cystic breasts, heavy cramping, mm -hmm. heavy periods, long periods. Um, DIM can really help uh, get the, the right estrogen metabolites um, you know, to the liver so that you can detox those out. Yeah. And I, like anecdotally, I've seen like crazy um, changes within competitors. If they're struggling with estrogen dominance and they're having trouble with recomp, um, just like just no like doctor evidence or anything like that. But I have seen really positive things with that. But again, it's looking at your blood work and finding out what the issues are so that you can address it properly with the correct supplementation. Mm -hmm. um, really quick, oh, before ahead. I forget this, because I wanted to mention it when I talked about the hormone replacement uh, therapy. So we had um, 
we have several natural athletes on our team and um yeah they compete in drug tested events and so when you're talking about hormone replacement therapy it's important to understand that hormone replacement therapy like replacing doing an estrogen whether it's like a patch a pill a cream whatever um same with progesterone if it's you know a cream a pill that kind of hormone replacement therapy is not illegal in Mm -hmm. the drug tested arena um, along with like DHEA, which we're going to get to in a second here, but that really helps with hormone production as well. So just remember that those, at least on in the NPC, I can only speak on the NPC because that's the sanction right. that I know and I judge in and coach and compete in. And so those, the listed of ban- banned and tainted substances. So for example, if you go to Gary Udit's website and you go to the, um, Ben Weeder Pro Am. So yep. the drug tested to win your pro card as a master's competitor in bikini or an open class. You can see the list there and you'll notice that uh, progesterone, estrogen are not on that list. However, hormone replacement therapy when it comes to testosterone, which in mm-hmm. menopausal women, that can be low as well. So uh, that's another hormone that kind of dips when. Because our ovaries, if you remember from when we talked about like PCOS and too high of testosterone, remember the ovaries can produce testosterone as well. So we as women have all those hormones and as our ovaries age, we need to replace with those. But just keep in mind that if you start replacing your testosterone, you are no longer a natural athlete that you are enhanced athlete because that is Mm -hmm. a performance enhancer so i just wanted to clarify on that before we go any further that's really good yeah yeah and testosterone is federally regulated so if you're uh work you make sure that you're working with a physician in uh in getting those those that help yeah it's very important to get your labs and to have a doctor prescribe that kind of thing and same with the estrogen and especially the estrogen estrogen is a very dangerous one um, yeah. to mess with, uh, with the absence of progesterone. I mean, talk to a physician about this, but breast cancer can arise. Mm-hmm. Like if you're not doing the right type of hormone replacement therapy when it comes to estrogen and things like that. So I'm That's not even going to go down that path, but mm-hmm. there's a lot to learn when it comes to those kinds of things as well in terms of yes. keeping your breasts healthy, uh, protecting yourself from uterine cancer and things like that. Yes. Okay. I'm like on a tangent here today. Okay. (laughs) So let's move on to number seven. Why don't you take that one? Yeah. So if you're looking to support your brain function, you're, you know, experiencing maybe some brain fog or you're having trouble with sleeping, uh, melatonin is a great one to incorporate into your regimen. I recommend personally to get a low dose melatonin, like a two or three gram, um, because, just like supplementation is not regulated that has been reported that melatonin is not regulated as well so you just want to be careful it is a hormone so you want to be careful about your dosage and i think starting low is the way to go yep and then l-theanine helps keep the edge off of stress and helps you feel more calm so with the absence of progesterone that we talked about anxiety can be super high so that's one that can help you there Yep. 
And maca is great for uh, calming hot flashes and also supporting your adrenal glands as well. That's a good hormone supplement. Yeah, and that one's included in our Harmony from First Form that um, I think both of us take. It has DIM, calcium, glucose, the chaseberry for supporting that, but it also has the maca. And then Sal Palmetto is, it's basically, um, it encourages normal testosterone metabolism. So we went into depth with that one on the too high or too low of testosterone podcast. Yep. So I won't address exactly. that Exactly. <laughs> and DHEA, we mentioned previously, um, that does help with, you know, your estrogen and testosterone production also, but it also addresses hair loss. Um, if you're noticing some thinning hair as well. And you have to be careful with that one. That's one that needs to be tested with your levels and monitored by a doctor as well, because mm-hmm. it can get too high. If you're getting like oily skin and things like that, it could be yeah. a sign that you have too much of the DHEA. And then zinc can help normal testosterone levels. And that's one that's along with, uh, that one's in night tea, which I yes. believe you take. Yeah, that helps just yep. natural produce, or testosterone levels, and that one's also yep, by first exactly. form. Yeah, and healthy omega-3 fatty acids, making sure that you're getting a quality supplement here. Um, if you're not getting it from, you know, a natural food source is a good one to help with reducing inflammation. Uh, turmeric is also another one to add in uh, for a natural source of a natural anti-inflammatory. And make sure you're getting a high-quality fish oil the fish oils can get rancid very easily and they're very non-effective so if you are supplementing with an omega-3 make sure that it's from a quality source and that it's efficaciously dosed and then i learned that oh go ahead oh i was just gonna say that um from my education i learned that you want to look at the ingredients on an omega-3 and you want small fish to be listed in there like sardine mackerel um, which I believe is not to like another plug for first form, but um, that I looked at that because those fish are smaller, so they're going to have less um, toxicity within like the tissue. So uh, small fish are actually supposed to be a better source of healthy omega three. So look at the ingredients. Yep, and then fourteen and acetylcysteine NAC. It supports your healthy mood and antioxidant levels, as it is the precursor to the mega um glutathione antioxidant okay great so now (laughs) (laughs) you get the hard ones you can see those if you'd like (laughs) (laughs) okay so uh everyone knows sulforaphane glucosinolate uh that's how i think it's pronounced but uh when we're talking about metabolizing excess estrogen through the liver this is a uh, this is super helpful for making sure that you are actually uh, detoxing and supporting liver health yep and we have talked about the sleep hygiene and ways to alleviate you know some of the symptoms of or at least help you get through this time in life <laughs> and perimenopause and <laughs> and such um, so I want to go over a few more and I really feel like, you know, that rest and self-care is going to be a huge one in making yes. sure that you are, are able to manage the mood, the disrupted sleep and the hot flashes, but doing things like 
reducing alcohol, it really does impair the healthy metabolism of estrogen. And that can be a problem when your estrogen is already soaring as twice as high as it was before or um, alcohol also does lower progesterone and interferes with mm. progesterone's calming action in the brain. So you might be able to get away with four or five uh, standard drinks per week, but uh, that's probably not a good thing. Um, as far as like perimenopause is concerned, it's just better to do it, you know, get through that phase without alcohol. Um, it'll be much yeah. more beneficial. And then did you want to take some other ones too? Uh, well, I was just going to piggyback off of that just to like when you're looking to relax, I know a lot of people will go for their glass of wine. Um, but I also have learned that if you are estrogen dominant, um, Dr. Brayton has actually talked about one glass of alcohol uh, elevating estrogen levels. So it's just something to consider that you're being wise about the choices that you're making. If you're wanting to relax and help your symptoms, maybe trying another another way to unwind. Yeah, and some of those ways to just manage cortisol and stress are pretty obvious, like yoga, breathing work, meditation. Mm -hmm. Those are all going to be ways that you can better manage uh, through the menopause and then just eating like a very uh, diet that's uh, rich in nutrients and whole foods and as most prep lifers don't have a problem with, prioritizing your movement and getting regular exercise that you enjoy. Yes. Okay. Was there anything that you wanted to talk about that we did not cover on perimenopause or menopause? Well, there was one thing that came to mind um, that I did want to address because I know that we, as you know, there's masters, competitors and open competitors and different age ranges that are all competing and I think it's just very important to make sure that um, we, number one, understand our bodies and also understand that our bodies are going to look different in different stages of life um, with specifically like conditioning levels. And that's why it's great that we have master's categories and master's national shows um, because your hormones, like you had mentioned, Amy, they affect your skin elasticity, they affect uh, conditioning levels, and not that one is better than the other, they're just a little bit different. So um, I think it's great that we have these categories and, and um, so that your conditioning levels are compared equally across the board um, with another competitor that's within your age range. Um, so yeah, that's just one thing that I've noticed and I heard a master's um, competitor talk about this and I thought it was real, a really wise um, way to kind of address the competing world and that you can still look amazing. Like you don't have to say, oh, I'm in perimenopause and I'll, I'll never compete again or I'll never get to this stage. Um, I think it's just a matter of adapting versus like letting that be defeating. So like Amy's saying, like being educated about your hormones and about, you know, getting lab work and talking with your physician and letting this be like an optimal time in life because I've actually seen women in their forties and fifties looking better than they've ever looked in their entire life. So I don't want anyone to get discouraged by this podcast and feel like you're going to experience all of these horrible things. It's a matter of being aware so that you can, um, you can live your best life. Yeah, absolutely. And just the last thing too, is just, I wanted to bring up because I have had competitors that 
dealt with this as well. So their bodies weren't actually ready for menopause, but they had surgical menopause and because they had to either have a hysterectomy or um, ovaries removed and things like that, uh, it does put people into premature menopause too. So something Mm -hmm. to think about. Uh, I think uh, my one client had mentioned that once she had her hysterectomy, the doctor mentioned, and don't quote me on this, but that in one to three years, she would start like basically going through menopause. The ovaries Mm -hmm. stop like with the absence of the uterus, the ovaries kind of eventually kind of shut down into menopause. So anyway, food for thought on that. Um, I think that's about it that I have then on those two topics. And I hope that everybody found this useful. I've been, uh, just really appreciating. I've gotten a couple of DMS. I know personally that just really touched my heart and I, I feel really grateful that I have this platform and that I get to, um, you know, just hear from all of you on how it helps you. I think that mm-hmm. I know that that means a lot to both of us. Um, so yeah, if you feel moved, uh, your only payment for this podcast, because it is an unfunded <laughs> podcast is to leave a rating or review. It just really helps us out and helps other people that are interested in the same topics find us. So be sure to subscribe and you can find us on Instagram at prep life podcast, and you can find us on Instagram at glam girl bikini as well feel free to dm us and send us you know a topic that maybe you want to hear about that we haven't covered we would sure appreciate that if you would like to apply for the team you can go to glamgirlbikini.com and hit the get started button and apply for your unicorn prep this is your founder and ceo of glam girl bikini amy anger signing off with my fabulous co-host and this is chris nicole glam girl bikini coach and ifbb bikini pro thanks for listening guys